Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Georgia, he was looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind because he was way behind and he was willing to make a deal. When he came across this young man sawing on a fiddle and playing it hot, and the devil jumped up on a hickory stump and said, boy, let me tell you what. I guess you didn't know it, but I'm a fiddle player too. And if you'd care to take a dare, I'll make a bet with you. Now you play pretty good fiddle, boy, but give the devil his due. I bet a fiddle of gold against your soul because I think I'm better than you. The boy said, my name's Johnny, and it might be a sin, but I'll take your bet, and you're going to regret, because I'm the best as ever been. Johnny, you're awesome. This is The Devil Went Down to Georgia uh, by the Charlie Daniels Band. This song released in today in 1979. Uh, I cannot really do the math, but um, that is 43, 44 years ago, I think. Uh, that was 44 years ago today. I think we all remember where we were the day that this song came out. This song, by the way, a personal favorite of the of Sean Hannity. He used to go make a big thing about singing this on the radio and things of that nature. Sean Hannity, of course, is a personal favorite of our next guest, attorney, author, political commentator, and film critic, Debbie Schlossel. Debbie, it is great to talk with you again. Happy Friday. Thank you. Good to be back. And everybody, he's being sarcastic about that. He's that person happens to be a personal disfavorite. That, f- fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Uh, I appreciate you clarifying that. All right, uh, Debbie, <laughs> I, want to, uh, I want to get your take on a bunch of movies that are out today and a couple that came out last week. Uh, but uh, first, give me your your view on the House of Representatives making the decision to Hunter, uh, excuse me, to censure Adam Schiff. Right move, wrong move, no difference. What's your take on this? Well, you know, I think Adam Schiff is a despicable person. He's very partisan. And you know me, I think I'm a fair person when the Republicans or the conservatives do something that that I think is wrong. I'll point it out. And I do think Adam Schiff's a despicable person, but I don't think it's going to do anything because nowadays being uh, having any kind of vote against you in Congress with things being so highly partisan, the Democrats wear it as a badge of honor. And I think that was Adam Schiff's remark was right. that he takes it as a badge of honor. I don't think it's going to do anything. Um, I think it'll only help him with California Democrats in his race uh, in the California primary to become the U.S. 
senator from there. Yeah, no, that was uh, that was precisely my take. I mean, it seems like a lot of political posturing on both sides and just a, a gigantic waste of time from uh, where I'm standing. Um, how about this Hunter Biden deal? A lot of conservatives seem to believe that he kind of got away with something here. A lot of other legal experts have said this is sort of standard for the kind of crime that he's pleading guilty to. Where do you come down on this? So I do think he got a deal. I know everybody's saying, oh, it was a Trump U.S. attorney and so on. Well, you know what? Some of Trump's people did stuff that is not on the right side of the bat. Trump did not pick all conservatives or all people that are going to do great things. I mean, we've seen with uh, Brett Kavanaugh, he's siding with the liberals a lot. Um, I don't think that he I think he should have gotten a lot more than what he got. I think he should have gotten some jail time. I think he should have uh, had a much tougher deal. I think he he absolutely should not have gotten misdemeanors. He should have gotten felonies. I know some people are saying, oh, this is what anyone with his criminal history would have gotten, but I don't agree. Um, There are some people who did what he did uh, on their taxes and not to pay taxes on certain income and not declaring it, that did get uh, felonies. Maybe they did not get jail time for a first-time federal offense like this, but they did get felonies. Uh, I do think it was a sweetheart deal. I don't think it's partisan to say so. I think a lot of things that the Bidens, the entire family, have done, Donald Trump would never have gotten away with. Um, any conservative would never have gotten away with the things that Hunter Biden did. They just would not have the millions of dollars from the wife of the widow of the mayor of Moscow. He got three million dollars that was wired to him at one point for doing what? Uh, We still don't know. Well, supposedly Um, the U.S. attorney in Delaware, Mr. Weiss, is still looking into other charges not related to the taxes and to the to the gun charge. Well, usually everything is brought down at once. We'll see if he gets any new charges, but I don't think he will. I mean, listen, Hunter Biden and the Biden family, the things they're saying sound awful comfortable with what happened and awful relieved thinking that this is over. And I think if your lawyer thinks this is over, because lawyers, I know like me, I tend to be very skeptical and I always tell clients I'm very superstitious. Don't celebrate anything. Wait till things really truly are over. I think his lawyer has told him this is it. You're done. You're fine. Uh, people, I don't like this at all. If people just tuning in, we're talking with uh, Debbie Schlussel. You should uh, follow her on uh, Twitter. You could check out her punditry at debbieschlussel.com or just go to debbiedoespolitics.com. It, uh, it takes you right there. Although, Debbie, you have not updated your blog in a while. Am I missing something? Uh, you know, I haven't. I'm getting it redone, and hopefully once it's redone, I will put new stuff up. I just have been so busy as a lawyer and going to these movies and these other things that I haven't done it. Um, I've been doing a lot more that's not online. So 
that's why. But I hope to get back into it. Right. Well, we're, we're flattered that you still are able to make uh, a little bit of time uh, for us. I know you are very Thank much uh, in demand. Hey, our last pre-cinematic issue that I want to ask you about is apparently the uh, two darlings of the conservative Republican conference in the House of Representatives uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert have dueling impeachment resolutions, and apparently it has gotten pretty heated between the two of them with um, Marjorie Taylor Greene admitting that she called uh, Lauren Boebert uh, the B-word on the floor of the House of Representatives, essentially because she blamed her for copying her decision to introduce articles of impeachment against Joe Biden. First, where do you stand on the House going forward with impeaching Joe Biden? Second, are you Team Bobert or Team MTG? Uh, well, first of all, I think that the Democrats cheapened the whole impeachment thing when they impeached Donald Trump, Trump not once but twice, for things that I don't think he should have been impeached for and they should have moved on, and especially the Trump-Russia Stuff, which was the first impeachment, there was nothing there. So I think that they cheapened it. It just doesn't mean anything anymore. And it especially doesn't mean anything because the Republicans don't control the U.S. Senate. So it's going to right. live and die in the House. I mean, Chuck Schumer is never going to hold an impeachment trial. So that's why I think it's a waste of time and it's meaningless. Now, did Marjorie Taylor Greene think of it and it's such an original idea that nobody else thought of it come on republicans have been talking about how when they take over the house they're going to impeach joe biden a lot of them have talked about that um you know what i'm gonna have to take out my jewish space laser and take sides on this against marjorie (laughs) taylor green um I, i i just i've never been a fan of hers i think both of those women are performance artists I don't think that either of them really uh, accomplish a lot, but I think that uh, Ms. Boebert, Lauren Boebert, is a lot more serious, I think, about real things than Marjorie Taylor Greene with just a lot of the things that she has done over her very short career in Congress. But honestly, I think neither of them are all that serious about policy accomplishments they're more about raising money becoming fame being continuing to be famous and competing to see who is the rock star of the republican party but if i have to pick one i would hands down pick ms bobert because i think she's said and done many few much fewer ignorant things uh, that's uh, that's very fair. I will see you at the Team Bobert meeting. Hey, by the way, Debbie, I know a lot of the audience really enjoys some of your opinions on political issues, not to mention what you have to say about movies, which some people may agree with you, even if they don't agree with your politics. But um, I know in the 90s you ran for state legislature a couple of times, but it's been over two decades since you tried to make a run for public office. How come? You clearly are very passionate about policy and about changing things. Why haven't you run for anything in over two decades? Well, because I did run run twice. It's a lot of work. I don't think people realize how much work it is to run for office. I mean, I literally was out there 
every day, except for the Jewish Sabbath, pounding the pavement, going door to door. That's what wins elections. And I came very close. The first time I ran at age 21, I lost by just one vote. And I didn't really lose. I got screwed out of a few votes by a judge who did not want to let a military person and his wife uh, have their ballots count when uh, the military person was away training as a pilot um, in Pensacola. Um, so I I ran twice. It was a lot of work. And also, I could have had right now two Panteras, my favorite uh, favorite sports car. It just was a huge investment with oh, the sure. payoff that didn't really exist for me in terms of the result. And coming so close, it just it's not worth it to do it a third time. Sure. And now I'm just too busy. Right. Um, the other uh, the other thing is that I think I when you run for office, you can't really say what you really think. And I'd rather just be open and honest about what I think, especially now, rather than being uh, not authentic to my true self and views. Fair enough. Well, tell us what you really think about the film No Hard Feelings. Uh, this is uh, this is interesting. I know uh, Matthew Broderick is in it. I know it's a comedy. But other than that, I don't know very much about this picture at all. What's No Hard Feelings? Uh, it's awful, and it's going to become known as the Jennifer Lawrence full frontal nudity movie because oh. she is full frontal nudity, uh, nu- fully frontally nude in this stupid scene where she is in the water and then gets out to fight with these kids who took her clothes. It's a really awful movie that's derivative of a lot of things. It's very dopey. I I should have laughed so many times and I barely did. Basically, it's about this woman who lives in Montauk, who is one of the townies, and she can't afford to keep her house that her mother left her. So she agrees she responds to this online ad to date this kid that's 19 that's 19 and it is barely legal maybe he's even just 18 um and and agrees to date quote-unquote euphemism him in order to get an old car to drive around to do uber to keep her house it's just such a gross movie and it just reminds me of when I was uh, growing up in the 80s and you would see these ads for 1-800-BARELY-LEGAL. I mean, this kid, look, this guy that she dates looks barely legal. He looks like he's a kid. It just, it's just such a gross movie. And Matthew Broderick... And not funny. And so not well. funny. It's, not, it's gross, but also not funny. Yeah. And Matthew Broderick looks like he stuck his finger into an electric socket. I mean, this guy is 61. I had to look up to see how old he actually still is. Boy, he let himself go, I'm just saying. Wow. Okay. All right. So we'll put uh, we'll put that on the must-miss list. No hard feelings. Now, there's a new Wes Anderson picture out. Uh, it's called Asteroid City. Before you give us your take on Asteroid City... I think people generally tend to either like West and Wes Anderson films or not like them. Before you give us your review of this film, do you generally like Wes Anderson or not? Generally love his movies. And that's why um, I'm disappointed to say that I really disliked this one and his last one, 
but this was way worse. Um, by the way, this will become known as the Scarlett Johansson fully frontal nudity movie. Um, there's a scene where she gets out of a bathtub and is totally nude. I, I don't know what it is with the gratuitous female nudity in movies, fr- full frontal nudity these days, especially the, <laughs> this weekend. But it has nothing to do with the plot. It was a waste of time. I think they both want us to know that, hey, we had children, but look at us. Um, it's just, it's pointless, but I hated this movie because it was long, slow, and boring. Nothing really ever happens. It just seemed like a very contrived movie. I didn't find it very entertaining. Usually during a Wes Anderson movie, I laugh a lot. I will find it very entertaining, very interesting. I know he's very quirky, but a lot of times the quirkiness works. Just didn't work in this movie. There's a lot. There are a lot of celebrities in this movie. It's highly stylistic. I love the style. It takes place, um, I think, in the 50s. It's in the desert near Area 51. It involves aliens, and and it, it's highly stylistic. But the story is just awful. And there's basically three stories. There's a play within a play within a narration, and it doesn't work to me. If you sit through the whole thing, you'll think, well, why did I just waste almost two hours of my time? What was there? There was nothing. Now, if people absolutely must see a new film that's opening out this weekend, and they're on the fence between those very poor reviews, No Hard Feelings or Asteroid City, what would you say has a longer duration of full frontal nudity? Is it No Hard Feelings (laughs) or is it Asteroid City? Oh, well, uh, no hard feelings, but it's such a gross movie and it's so, to me, offensive. I just, and it's dopey and it's just a bomb to me. Got it, understood, understood. Um, I want to ask you, a film that came out last week uh, that I think is a horror movie, but I'm not too up on it, is called The Blackening. What's this about? So it is a horror movie. It's about a group of uh, black friends who rents an Airbnb out in the country to celebrate Juneteenth, the new federal holiday. Um, and one by one, they are picked off. They are murdered by somebody that's terrorizing the home. Um, I expected to like this movie a lot more than I did. I love a good horror movie. I hated this. It was basically an excuse to tell a lot of anti-white racist jokes. And then at the end, they try to redeem themselves. There was maybe one joke that I liked, um, maybe two, maybe three. That's about it. Um, I just hated this movie. It's supposed to be a very ironic uh, movie with dark humor. It just didn't work for me. I found it boring. So thumbs down for me. There's a new Pixar movie out, which I know has not done very well at the box office called Elemental. Uh, What was your take on this? Obviously, it's more of a a children's movie, I would think. But what did you think of it? Well, you know what? I hate to be negative on all these movies, but this was my least favorite Disney Pixar movie of all time. And I usually love the Disney Pixar movies. There is a short at the beginning of it starring the character from Up, the old man that was in the Disney Pixar movie Up. And that one, even though that wasn't that interesting, he has a talking dog and he's preparing for a date with uh, a woman of his own age. 
Um, I actually enjoyed that better than the rest of the movie, than the actual feature. The feature is supposed to be sort of um, an interracial or interethnic dating movie, but it instead of using ethnicities, which are very heavily implied, it uses elements. So there's a woman that is from the fire ethnicity, and she falls in love with a guy who's from the water ethnicity ah. and they want to be together, but you know, water stuffs out fire. So how can they do that? And the, the water guy is kind of like a white waspy guy. And the people who are from the fire group, they're like Asians and they have sort of like a Chinatown. I, you know what? I just expected to like it so much better. It was really long, slow, boring and super repetitive just not up to the usual story and gotcha. animation standards. Gotcha. Of it, it, Debbie, I'm going to have to end it there. It's always a treat to talk with you. Have a great weekend. Let's talk again soon. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Debbie Schlossel, if you want to comment on any portion of our discussion, 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. There's quite simply nothing like My Patriot Cigar Company. It's an incredible cigar brand. But what's so great about it is this is a patriotic cigar company that supports America and is proud to say so. If you know someone that smokes cigars, support a company that supports America. And if you go to MyPatriotCigars.com and you use my discount code, Frank, you'll save 20% off. Free shipping on orders over $100. MyPatriotCigars.com, a premium smoke for freedom-loving patriots.